Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hi there. We're going to jump into the show here in just a second. But first, I got to talk to you about our Patreon page at BobSeskaShow.com. Now, you might have noticed that most other podcasts only present one show a week or even one show a month. But here on this show, on the Bob Seska Show, we record four shows every week for you. Or, in fact, make it six shows a week if you include the postmortem bonus shows on our Patreon page. And since we're not part of a cable news network or a fancy corporation, we rely exclusively on your support to keep producing upwards of six shows per week. And the best way to support The Bob Seska Show is to sign up for as little as $1 per month at bobseskashow.com. That's pennies per show and only $12 per year. But it goes a long way toward allowing us to keep up with the fire hose of news every day. Again, that's bobseskashow.com or just click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And now let the cartoons begin. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Is that the full poop? And nothing but the poop. <laughs> the Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, September 7, 2021, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, how you doing? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Yes, my name is Bob. Day 229 of the Biden-Harris administration, 427 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska and on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. And without any further ado, here he is, Buzz Burbank. You say Buzz Burbank. You said it all. Hello there. We, we don't want him on the show. I don't care if he was Chachi. <laughs> oh, talking, to, talking to invisible people again, I see. That's the, it's the people off stage. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> he is, of course, Bob. I am Buzz. And you've already missed part of the show. Mm. Uh, it's the part we call the shadow docket. That's already... <laughs> well, first, the bad news today. Yep. Uh, Joe Rogan has COVID and says he's taking ivermectin. Uh-huh. Uh, the good news is he's now favored to win the Preakness. <laughs> Place your bets. Place your bets now. I don't have a horse in that race. Uh, <laughs> this this just in, 2021 is asking 2020 to hold its beer. Yep. I knew it. I didn't yeah. know if you'd noticed that or not. I did notice a it. Yeah. Shana Tova, mm-hmm. a happy Rosh Hashanah, happy new year. Mm-hmm. It's it's now the year 5782 on the Hebrew calendar. Uh, <laughs> For the next few weeks, of course, we'll still be writing 5781 on our checks. 
I smelled that one coming down Main Street. Thank you very much. Well, yep. sure, it's an annual event, that joke. <laughs> yes, of course, it's great. It's a crowd uh, pleaser. The, the shirtless guy in the fur hat. Remember yeah. him, the, Q, the QAnon shaman? Yes, of course. Has been sentenced to four years in prison for his part in the January 6th insurrection. Mm-hmm. Uh, he pled guilty to three felonies. Uh, violent entry of a restricted building, mm-hmm. uh, civil disorder, and uh, wearing horns before Labor Day. <laughs> Rat bastard! At least he wasn't wearing a tan suit. God damn it! I think I think I figured out how to trick Republicans into expanding the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Tell them we're voting on new uniforms. <laughs> uh, wow! Women's rights in Texas have uh, disappeared almost as quickly as Brett Kavanaugh's debts. <laughs> Jesus! Someone needs to someone needs to look into that, please. Thank you. M- miracles abound. I know. I, I'm still trying to understand the biology uh, now. If if a woman is a host body, does that make the penis an invasive species? Invasive species. <laughs> Covering my favorite band right there. Well, one of my favorite bands, absolutely. And you know, one of the reasons uh, we played this today, I mean, there's a rerun. There's a rerun of a Rocky Mountain Mike song we played a few weeks ago. Yeah, The show is new. We're replaying the song. And one of the reasons I'm replaying that is because, (laughs) such a weird segue, we're coming up on 9-11, right? 9-11, I think, is, uh, what day is 9-11? Friday. Saturday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, yeah, it's Saturday. And so right. I'm now remembering all the things I was doing around 9-11. And the last time I was in New York City was 20 years ago tomorrow, September 8th. And the reason, wow. 2001, and the reason I was in New York City uh, 20 years ago tomorrow was to see Yes at Radio City Music Hall. And I was, oh my God, that period of time was so insane. Those of you who know my uh, association with Yes, I did some album covers for them, uh, replacing Roger Dean for a temporary period of time, which was a whole other story in and of itself. But one of the other things I was doing was... I was filming all kinds of documentary footage about the band to put together for one of their DVDs. And so I had gone up to New York City for this Radio City Music Hall show to do some kind of behind the scenes 
you know, documentary footage shooting, right. you know, of, of the band and so on. Right. And so that's why I was there. And uh, I remember distinctly leaving the show and getting lost, trying to get off the goddamn island and uh, and seeing repeatedly the World Trade Centers. And I just distinctly burned into my head. In fact, I stayed at a hotel in the Meadowlands across the river and woke up and saw the World Trade Centers for the last time on the 9th, on, uh, oh, wow. on September 9th, wow. just a couple of days. Here's the great weirdness about that trip to New York City. Yeah, Kimberly Johnson was in New York City that exact wow. same weekend. And we you were hadn't met yet. <laughs> yeah, we hadn't met. Long, long before we met. Well, 14 years before we met. And so uh, that was a weird coincidence. We didn't obviously bump into each other, but we could right. have because we were both in Midtown. I mean, that was just the thing. But it, I will never forget that. In fact, uh, the band Yes was trapped in New York City because they were still there when 9-11 happened. So was I. So were we. That's, uh, oh, was, yes, was there, that's right. That's right. I, yeah. I, was, I was there on 9-11. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, uh, stood alongside New Yorkers on the sidewalk as they watched in disbelief the changing of their skyline and uh, their mourning of that and watched how New York changed mm -hmm. uh, from being the, the sort of cold place that people think of it as to uh, a place that was suddenly desperate for tourists and and the business was hurting. It was a, it was a weird, strange time. I, I remember I used to keep my I – I stayed in an old hotel near Central Park, and I, we were able to open our windows. Uh, and I used to keep my window open quite mm -hmm. a lot, uh, but had to start closing it after 9-11 because the air was acrid outside. Oh, Jesus. Uh, but, yeah, we were there that day, and, and – Watch that! I saw it live on a monitor. It, it was actually, uh, you know, South Man Manhattan, uh, that uh, where the attack occurred. Yeah. But I and I was in the northern part of the island. But it was I was on that island when that happened. What were you doing when you saw it? What were you doing when it happened? When it all went well, down? Well, I, I was I was doing show prep for the Donna Mike show. I yeah. specifically the news, of course. And so I was, you know, sitting at a computer outside the studio of uh, gathering the news that I would present on their, at the time, midday show. Yeah. And uh, uh, the morning show was on, underway, and uh, suddenly one of them came running out and said, Buzz, come in here. Uh, a plane just flew into one of the World Trade Towers. Oh, my God. And I flew and I saw, uh, uh, you know, uh, the result, uh, and then uh, stood there watching in disbelief as we watched live a second plane uh, fly into the second tower, and that's the moment we realized we were under attack. And uh, we we were we had to stay put. We'd been taking the the Delta shuttle from D.C. to New York uh, mm -hmm. on a pretty regular basis, and uh, that changed to the Excella Express. Uh, yeah, after yeah. after that, we stopped flying uh, for a while, and uh, yeah, we still went up there about every other week. Uh, to do a show, but that that week, the week that followed, where we did so much live coverage, asking for boots for dogs and those kinds of things, um, it was a, a hell of an experience. And 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 yeah. and from a broadcasting standpoint, uh, that Saturday, despite being exhausted from the week uh, mentally and emotionally, and you know from the week that had just passed, mm -hmm. uh, up on arrival back in D.C., I was asked to do a call-in show. Uh, on Saturday and Sunday after that. And so I ended up working, you know, uh, two weeks. I had to skip a weekend, basically, yeah. and uh, and anchor this uh, call-in show. And and I believe, and it was broadcast uh, semi-nationally. It was on, on a number of CBS stations around the country. 
and uh, I think in, in certainly in D.C. and New York, uh, it was the only live talk show on the air discussing the attack. And so from a broadcast standpoint, it was a, a high point, uh, yeah, but, yeah. but it was uh, emotionally grueling. Yeah, I can't even imagine. When the news came down... At that point in time, were you still using the uh, wire service ticker? Like, I remember back in the old days when no. I was interning for you, yeah. there was like a printer that would automatically start printing right. wire service stories. Right. Yeah, I guess no, at this we were, point it was all on computer, right? Eh? We were finally past that. The wire was on computer, and by that point I was using uh, reliable news sources I see. Uh, on the computer to gather yeah, information. Yeah. Uh, a New York AM news station was just upstairs from us. One floor up was... 1010 wins and uh they they had tremendous coverage and and so uh they were a resource uh, for me as well and you guys were on uh k-rock right you guys uh, don and mike was on k-rock or was uh, there w wnew wnew okay so which got, was the station yeah. that gene rayburn had been on oh right there you <laughs> back go in the day. and was a lot a, of other people yeah with this really long microphone i'm sure <laughs> yes yes yeah, yeah you were in manhattan i was in yeah. manhattan kimberly was in Manhattan. why didn't we right. think to get together for drinks before 9 if only happened? if only we had known yeah, <laughs> if only yeah we had know. Known. jesus but what a what an experience and to this day and obviously there's going to be other uh, 9-11 stories uh, as you know we're all going to be telling 9-11 stories 9-11 specials all over the news but uh, I mean, one of the things that I always relate to 9-11 is the weather that day it's so bizarre uh -huh. the things uh -huh. the sense memories that churn up whenever uh -huh. there's a high pressure system it's not a cloud in the sky it's a little bit cool right. on the cool side yes sunny and crisp and clear I just yeah. how it was in Manhattan that day as well yeah no matter yeah. when that kind of weather occurs what time of year doesn't matter Every time that kind of weather occurs, I go, mm -hmm. oh, it's 9-11 weather today. Yeah, uh, it's just yeah. incredible, incredible. And, of course, so many people have so many more traumatic memories than oh that. Oh, my God. But yeah, it, yeah. It, it is indicative. Yeah. Uh, our stories are indicative of how many people it did touch in some way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember I, I was listening to the Stern Show. I was listening to the Howard Stern Show, and uh, that's how I discovered it. And, in fact, I was listening as I was in the shower getting getting ready to go to work right. that morning and, and was watching the TV over the top, this shows you how tall I am. I was watching TV over the top of the shower curtain rod oh my as, God. as it was all going down uh, after initial hearing it on the radio. And yeah, that was, I remember um, hearing about prior to that, back in the, I think it was in the 30s or maybe it was the early 40s, where a small plane had crashed into the Empire State Building. And that was one of my dad's earliest memories was seeing, not actually seeing the crash, but seeing the immediate right. aftermath of the crash because they right. lived on a, a block that was right near the Empire State Building. My dad I grew see. up there. And so uh, I was like, oh, okay, well, this has got to be like what happened yeah, in, in yeah. New York when to my we, dad. Yeah. After, uh, we were all standing around looking at the monitor and saying, oh, well, you know, some dumbass has flown into the building, yeah. you know, yeah. probably yeah. some private pilot or something. We didn't know what, what the first hit was mm -hmm. uh, until later. And, and so we thought, well, this was a, a terrible, stupid accident yeah, yeah and uh then we found out in the second and i remember calling my dad and saying dad i'm okay yeah and he said what are you talking about oh my and i said the u.s is under attack yeah uh, and and at that time it was for a while it was yeah well uh, obviously uh lots of memories uh mostly horrible uh from yes, that day course. and uh, you know as i said we're all going to be kind of reminiscing along those lines so you know bear with us i think this is an important part of the process i don't think Honest to God, I don't think America is fully healed from it. And it seems ludicrous to say that after 20 years. But I think a lot of that 
the negative side of the reaction to 9-11, I think to a great extent, is still with us. At the same time, so many people born since 1996 are relatively unaware of it. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. There are so many people, adults, I mean, chronological adults right now, who di- weren't around when 9-11 happened. And that's an amazing oh, thing yeah. to imagine. But 20 uh, years, a long you time. Wanna feel, you want to feel old? A share is 74 today. A Chrissy Hind of the Pretenders is 70 today. Oh, my God. And it's been 18 years since Warren Zevon died. John Anderson from Yes is coming up on, I think he's coming up on 80. Yeah. yeah, it's just unbelievable. So, yeah, I remember talking to John Anderson <laughs> right after 9-11 and, uh, you know, getting his take on it. And, you know, in his John Anderson way, it was a very philosophical and uh, wow. spiritual take on everything that was going on, but also very grounded. Obviously, they were very traumatized and stuck in a hotel during this massive uh, attack with chaos all around. Uh, wow. Unbelievable. You know, I was still, I was having dreams. I was having 9-11 dreams for a good long time where I was in New York and someone I knew was in the World Trade Centers and I was trying to get them out before the planes hit. It was just, you know, I think we were all all traumatized by that. It's something Indeed. we're still coming to terms with. So, we, um, we, yeah. We have some breaking news as oh. we start the show today. Okay, uh, yeah, let's hear it. Governor, Governor Abbott in Texas has signed that uh, GOP voter suppression bill. Oh, Jesus uh, so it is, it is the law of the land in Texas now. Uh, as we get a taste of Republican authoritarianism from yeah. uh, from uh, the refusal to have mask mandates to the voter suppression to the anybody can have a gun to, uh, you know, you can't help a woman have an abortion. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is this is the future. If you if you like that kind of a future, mm-hmm. uh, oh, for all by all means, vote GOP. Well, the great uh, I don't know if it's uh, coincidental, but the, one of the great outcomes of nine eleven is the slow rolling back of American civil liberties, American rights, and right. that continues afoot today in a in a big way happening in places like Texas and Florida and elsewhere where rights are really being rolled back. And you know, speaking of Greg Abbott. Someone needs to sue him for aiding and abetting the child deaths from COVID. Yes. I don't know if you saw same, this story. Same with DeSantis, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, these are not fetuses that are dying. But in Texas, uh, there have been 59 child deaths from COVID as of September 3rd. And this, in large part, has to do with the fact that, obviously, as we've seen, Greg Abbott forcing kids back to school without masks, without any sort of protection whatsoever, and flaunting it as as something that he's proud of and that his fanboys love him for. 59 deaths from COVID so far, uh, as far as children go. Uh, That's a drop in the bucket in terms of what we're going to start to see in the long run, unless, you know, Probably. more and more school districts start to roll back. Uh, yeah, well, we, ha- we have a thousand school districts closed uh, today. Actually, over yeah. a thousand school districts closed today. Had to shut back down and go virtual Jesus. again uh, because of this. Uh, it's it and, and the kids are getting that from adults, yeah. from adults who won't wear masks and won't get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And then they're taking it to school yeah. and children are dying. And uh, yeah, DeSantis and and uh, Abbott both need to be sued. Uh, the the internet has been on fire. Twitter, at least, has been on fire the last three days or so yeah. uh, over the abortion ruling from the Supreme Court. Well, not so much the Supreme Court; it's more the fair to poor court now. But mm-hmm. uh, the, the the ruling on on the Texas abortion law. Uh, I had a lot of people uh, tweeting again uh, the video of the of George Carlin 
talking about uh, to Republicans, if you're prenatal, you're precious. If you're preschool, you're fucked. Oh, yeah. You know what? Uh, I've got that I've got that loaded up oh, right here. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't well see now. I should have <laughs> let the master do it. <laughs> no, no. You, you set it up perfectly. We had we did not plan this at all. This no. is the uh, this is the George Carlton. This is something that we've been playing for years now, and I'm yes. glad to finally see that it's getting some play on Twitter. Here we go. George Carlin back in the day. Boy, these conservatives are really something, aren't they? They're all in favor of the unborn. They will do anything for the unborn, but once you're born, you're on your own. <laughs> Pro-life conservatives are obsessed with a fetus from conception to nine months. After that, they don't want to know about you. They don't want to hear from you. No nothing. No neonatal care, no daycare, no head start, no school lunch, no food stamps, no welfare, no nothing. If you're pre-born, you're fine. If you're preschool, you're fucked. You're <laughs> Conservatives don't give a shit about you until you reach military age. <laughs> then they think you are just fine, just what they've been looking for. Conservatives want live babies so they can raise them to be dead soldiers. <laughs> pro-life. Pro-life. These people aren't pro-life, they're killing doctors. What kind of pro-life is that? What, they'll do anything they can to save a fetus, but if it grows up to be a doctor, they just might have to kill it? <laughs> They're not pro-life. You know what they are? They're anti-woman. Simple as it gets. Anti-woman. They don't like it. They don't like women. Yep. It's entirely it. One thousand percent nailed it right there. Yeah, we yeah. needed to hear that. That's it's good for the soul. To hear yeah, that. yeah. It's, it's just it's kind a of a reminder that we're right. Kind of pegs off of Barney Frank's famous maxim, which is that life begins at conception but ends at birth, <laughs> for so many Republicans. Right. So, um. Right, there's a an interesting segue between the flaunting of the COVID rules and all of this militance over abortion that we're seeing. Yes, yes. So terrible for a, a woman who's been raped to go to the doctor and get a morning after pill after six weeks or something like that. But uh, perfectly fine for Greg Abbott to uh, mandate that there can be no mask wearing and no vaccines for anybody and uh, 59 children are dead. Even the voters, even the voters, you have Trumpsters marching outside of hospitals in Texas saying, chanting, my body, my choice. Unbelievable. Uh, They, they, they do not, you know, irony died for them a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, This, these are the same folks who claim to be right to life uh, and, and that uh, they should be able to dictate uh, what a woman does with her body. But uh, when it comes to masks, my body, my choice. Yeah. I don't even see how they can do that, but there it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you ever wanted to get a good uh, look in terms of how Republicans really think, I mean, beyond what George <laughs> Carlin says about them, you take right. a look at this former uh, Speaker of the House in Florida who called women, as you were joking around, host bodies, referred to women right. as host right. bodies. Right. And this is how they view a lot of women. Women are like gestation pods. Right, and just uh, that's all right. they're good for. You gotta know, pump out babies. babies. Kimberly tells the story all the time. She was going out with this guy uh, years ago who told her that women older than age forty lose their value, and the reason they lose their value is because they can no longer reproduce effectively. It's not just Republicans think that. Right. There are a right. lot of guys who think of women in those terms. As long as you're of reproduction age, you're valuable. 
But if you're beyond that, fuck you. We don't even want to know you. But here's a fun fact we can, uh, a secret we can keep to ourselves on the progressive side. Yeah. And that is a woman reaches her sexual peak mm. at age 40. There on you go. average. <laughs> so, so that's the top of the curve. And yeah. you figure it goes down from there in both directions, but not very quickly. Yeah. And so yeah, that's actually a very good good age for a woman lots of subscribers to that uh that hymns website or whatever some of the other ones are called uh, roman i think one's called like roman salute or some what is there various sites know. that you can go online ramsey's and yes thing. and you can get a, a prescription for boner pills and hair loss oh, yeah. meds and so on yes uh-huh well Along those lines, there's now what they're referring to as teleabortions, virtual doctor visits. Morning. Oh, okay. And then shipments of prescription morning after pills. Aha, uh-huh. aha, uh-huh. which have to be taken in a very short period of time after. Yes, absolutely. After but the here's the thing in recent months, it says here, according to uh, MSN, in recent months, a handful of services have cropped up for teleabortions, including Hey Jane. That's the name of one of them. And uh, someone, another uh, outfit here with a more direct name, Abortion uh, on Demand, which wow. works in 20 different states. Nonprofits such as Just the Pill have also launched recently, but they can't work in Texas or states with similar laws. 19 uh, states ban telemedicine abortions, and Texas lawmakers have gone one step further and explicitly prohibited providers from mailing pills. But Here's how they're getting around the Texas law. Hey Jane, which is uh, one of these services I just mentioned, right. it's a startup virtual clinic offers abortion support, including remote medical visits and overnight delivery of medications. It's Excellent. racing to get up and running in New Mexico and Colorado to serve Texan patients in those right. states. Uh, the way telemedicine law works, it's based off the patient's physical location, they said. So uh, patients would just need to travel to those states, New Mexico, Colorado, for example, ideally with help on transport, food, and lodging. And There once, are agencies for that, too, Yeah, yeah, way, who and, help with that. Exactly. And once there, they can talk with the provider through digital channels, get medications, and take them while they're out of state. Now, this is obviously not ideal. No, but no, oh, no, not nearly. Yeah. So what it what we're doing here, even in the best case scenario, is we're turning women of reproductive age into refugees and fugitives. Yeah. And, do, and do, there's a bounty yeah. and there's a bounty on them. Yeah. And this yeah. this too is a peek at the authoritarian future of the Republican Party. Yeah. Uh, that's why it's so so very important that everybody get up off the bench and uh, participate in politics through the 22 election, through the 24 election, we have to secure this democracy, which continues to, as Mary Trump says, still has a gun to its head. And you know what? This is more than just a, a gun to your head. I mean, I, I just, I can't help but to think like Richard Kimball or something like that, a constantly yeah. evading. The fugitive. The, the, yeah, bounty hunters and. A Quinn Martin production. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right behind God. them, right on their tails. This is unfucking bully, unprecedented in this country. Because, and, and we're talking too about. And, and, I, and she, she's on the search for the one armed man who got her pregnant. So. <laughs> That's right. Well, meantime, some good news here coming from DOJ, although the details are a little light. Uh, Merrick Garland intends to challenge the Texas abortion ban. 
Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. I, yeah. What can you do? How? What do you make of this? <clears throat> well, anything is something. I mean, anything that they come yeah. up with, oh, any, any help, anything along those lines, any, anything that delegitimizes this legislation and helps women to find ways around this law, which the law, let's face it, the law is shoddy. There are loopholes in this that I think with some cleverness you can get around. Doesn't alleviate the fact that it turns women into no. fugitives. Shouldn't be. Yeah, but at the same time, it's anything is going to be an improvement over where we are right and now. And this is how Republicans govern. I can't, we can't yeah. emphasize that enough. Yeah. And this is why they have to be stopped. We have to not just win the next election. Our mission has to be, if we expect to save democracy, to crush and minimize the Republican Party. Yeah, yeah. And bear in mind that the law of the land remains Roe v. Wade. The law of the land, what is constitutional in this right. country, are abortion services up to the point of viability. That's what Roe v. Wade granted. And until that gets struck down, that's still the case. And that's what needs to be defended by Merrick Garland and DOJ. And they say they're exploring all options to challenge yeah. the, the Texas law. And uh, Merrick Garland has vowed to provide support to abortion clinics that are, quote unquote, under attack in that state and to protect those seeking and providing reproductive health services. He said, we will not tolerate violence against those seeking to obtain or provide reproductive health services, physical obstruction or property damage in violation of the FACE Act. Yeah. He's, I'm, the, I'm glad yeah. he said this, yeah. and what he's what he's really saying is we're going to enforce existing law yeah. to the best of our ability to you know minimize the effects of this ridiculous Texas law. I uh, you know I, I don't know what to make of it. I it, it's like it's sort of like the we're looking into it answer. Yeah, uh, if you ask <laughs> that somebody. is true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that worries me a little bit. I'm not saying that's how it turns out. I'm saying that's what I'm kind of on the lookout for. Yeah. Uh, and and that's true of so many things that Merrick Garland needs to be and perhaps already is involved in. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of mess to clean up on uh, in every aspect and every department of government. Uh, and and uh, and to try to save democracy at the same time, uh, Mary Garland and Joe Biden have uh, a lot on their plates. Well, I think what we're going to see now is we're going to see a lot of testing of this law. You're going to see cases that have oh, yeah. gone to a lawsuit very, very publicly because that's the intention. Uh, you know, groups like the ACLU, uh, maybe Narol, yeah, uh, are going to um, look at. Let's 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 see if we can get someone to do this to test the law, and then we'll base a lawsuit around it, and to specifically attack the law, try to get the law stricken, or try to expose loopholes in the law. Mm -hmm. See what the limits of the law are until we can get uh, democratic leadership. <clears throat> uh, we we yes, yeah. this is the the temporary solution is legal. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Courtrooms. Yeah. Um, uh, after that, it, it really is important at the ballot box. Oh yeah, and that. Oh my God, you can't emphasize that enough. The way this really ends is through elections. We have to turn out. We got to use this. We got to turn this into righteous anger at the voting booths. And we, start we, that process now, long before the midterms are uh, gigantic in our, you know, in our windshield. We gotta, we gotta do it now. We gotta start now, because quite honestly, we, Buzz, we missed the boat. We missed the boat on this. There wasn't enough outrage before the bill got passed. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's fine to have that level of outrage now because it's going to fuel change. I hope it's not like school shootings. I hope it does affect change. I think yeah. it will. 
I do. Uh, I certainly hope so. Well, it has to happen. But I mean, what we need to do also is is learn the lesson of the passage of this bill that we got to get ahead of this shit. And one place we can get ahead of this shit is already they're talking about, obviously in connection with this House Speaker, former House Speaker mm-hmm. in Florida, referring to women as host bodies. Yeah. Well, this article about that story also added that this guy's colleagues in Florida intend to mimic that Texas law. So, of course. Yeah. So if we're going to do protests, you got to focus, too, on the states where it hasn't been passed yet because there still could be some sort of critical mass, some sort of level of protest that at least sidetracks the legislation, at least pushes it off until we can get some sort of legislative majority that will stop it entirely. It's not too early to start uh, promoting uh, and reminding people about the uh, the march that's planned for October 2nd yeah, yeah. Uh, across the country. Yeah. And uh, there will be local marches in Florida and Texas and every state in the union mm-hmm. uh women and uh their supporters in many cases men yeah. uh will be out there marching uh to to make the nation's opinion clear on this issue yeah well lots of abortions occurring to children after they're born and yes, we're seeing that's... republicans responsible for that whether it's Stephen Miller and Donald Trump for all of the immigrant uh-huh. children who were either right. you know f- forced into a life of illness rape and death death yeah uh, as a consequence of the Donald Trump Stephen Miller immigration policy or Greg Abbott completely mm-hmm. shirking the rules the shirking the responsible thing to do about covid and letting children die of COVID, aiding and abetting those deaths. They may not be in the first, second, or third trimester. They may end up in the 12th or 13th trimester, as the case may be. Why not try to sue these bastards for uh, aiding and oh, abetting I, the deaths I, of children? I think I think it will happen, and I think, as yeah. you said, that, that is our stopgap solution mm-hmm. uh, until we can get the political control we need. And I still see people saying, uh, you know, why aren't the Democrats doing more? They have the majority. Well, we do and we don't, yeah. really. Uh, it's it's it, it isn't a real majority in the Senate, certainly, not with Manchin and Cinema and perhaps others standing in the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got a bit of a, a weakness there. We uh, we have to we won the last election, the presidential election. Uh, Biden won by what nine, ten million votes. Yeah, uh, eleven, whatever it was. Um, uh, we've got to do even better than that in twenty two. Uh, we, we we and and again in twenty four. Mm-hmm. We again, our mission is not just to win the next elections, but to totally dominate them. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And and uh, that's going to be hard, but uh, it's going to require even more effort than we've put out already when we were trying to get rid of Donald Trump. Well, the key here, Buzz, is every time the liberal culture, and I'm talking about the people beyond just the Democratic base, the people who only casually follow politics, or maybe not at all. Yeah, as, as a lot soon, of those. Yeah, as soon as the liberal culture in America, and we do have a dominating liberal culture in America, we are by far, politics aside, yes. we yes. are a liberal culture. As yes. soon as that culture rises up, yeah. Then the Democrats tend to win elections. That's certainly what happened in 2018 and again in 2020. And that's what needs to happen again and again and again and again. We need to do whatever magic formula Stacey Abrams came up with to register more people from the, you know, the citizenry of people who don't follow politics 24 seven. 
that's the kind of shit we need more of because then also, we start to win a like we overcome all of this bullshit and obstructionism from the republicans true and i also agree <clears throat> a little bit with the criticism of the democrats that despite our just barely having almost not quite a majority mm -hmm. uh there are still things that our elected uh, democrats can do yeah. to uh to bring justice in this country mm -hmm. uh to bring uh, common sense to health care yeah. in this country and uh, these are this is an emergency. This mm. is this is a five alarm fire in terms of democracy, uh, the climate uh, and certainly the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we just can't screw around any longer. It's time to take extreme measures in Washington, as Mitch McConnell would do and will do if or when he's ever in power again. Mm -hmm. uh, do not squander this opportunity. I'm with the critics who worry that the elected Democrats in Washington are squandering an opportunity here. I, I hope in the end, the time, the clock is ticking, the window is closing, uh, and, uh, you know, it's it's time to, to get serious and take some extreme measures to get control of the situation. We are, and we've discussed this before, a nation now ruled, despite the so-called Democratic majority in the Senate and the, uh, the slim majority in the House and control of the White House, we, we don't have the Supreme Court, uh, certainly. But in, in spite of all this, this nation right now is being run successfully, in uh, by their definition, by the minority. Yeah. The, the minority is setting the standard for COVID. It's setting the standard for abortion. Uh, it's time for us to take control again. We're the freaking majority. Yeah. So, yeah, we need to take this far more seriously. All of us do, even the ones who aren't paying so much attention. Uh, you can, I think there's a way to not pay so much attention and still be, you know, adamant and involved. Yeah, and I think we're long past time for a national vaccine mandate. That has got to happen, and I've got some examples here of, of why it has to happen. Because if you've been watching Twitter or any social media over the past 72 hours, you have seen clip after clip of gigantic crowds at football mm -hmm. stadiums, soccer stadiums, et cetera. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, mostly college football, mostly college. Uh, there was one in college soccer at Texas A&M where that video was going around, too. Oh, my God. We've got to get into all of this here. And uh, yes. plus, <laughs> I've got this clip of Alex Jones pretending to take ivermectin. I mean, I'm only, yeah. I'm only going to assume that it was a hoax like, uh, like Milo. But, you know, we'll have that clip here in just a second. Plus, great ivermectin commercial parody by Excellent. the lincoln Excellent. project we got to play Excellent. here. and out. i hope i have some i hope i have some optimism to share about yeah. Uh, yeah. the the covid pandemic uh but of course first we had to talk about the elephant in the womb <laughs> yes and we need that optimism too because yeah. i'm looking at my uh, couple of things here and i'm going Oh, there's no optimism here. So I'm relying on you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do what I can. All right. Back with some optimism and pessimism right after these words. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. The Bob Seska Show. 
piano keys I don't know why I never did compare your gray coat and the somber sky Now it feels like you're everywhere Where did the years go? I can't believe how they flew I struggle to remember when you were tiny and new Yeah, brand new single from uh, The Hushed H-U-S-H-T the spelling of that band and uh, another great song here from them we've been playing The Hushed for quite some time now thehushed.com there's a song called My Little Friend I love this Brand is so interesting I gotta have yeah. this I gotta have this yeah so interesting so inventive I, I love this shit really good stuff coming from The Hushed again My Little Friend other songs here too also available just go right to the their main page of their website and you can uh, check out the entire thing, preview the entire uh, new recording there too. And so. you'll you'll have a link at the bottom of the show posting on yes, social media. Yes, as always, link in the description at bobseska.com. If you want to go and you want to support all these bands, just go to bobseska.com. Find the page for this episode. They're all dated. They all say the Bob Seska Show and then the date. And you click on that, and it takes you right to the page. And then I've listed everything with links for your convenience. So please do please. Support all of our independent bands. And we had our, you know, you can still listen to the Labor Day Songs of the Summer Indie Music yes. Countdown, even though it's after Labor Day. Oh, yeah. It's not like wearing white. You don't have to stop listening to <laughs> pre-Labor Day, you know, summer songs after. You can. You can for still do it. Long, yeah. For as long as the warm weather stays with us, or even during an Indian summer, as they call it, uh, yep. that is good music to listen to. Yeah. And, of course, the Indie Music Countdown has its own channel in the music vertical on uh, Apple Podcasts, every place else. Plus, you can find it on the Bob Seska Show channel everywhere you get your podcasts. Okay, so there you go. Let's see here. Let's start with this uh, this great Ivermectin commercial parody that the Lincoln yes. Project put together. I love this. This is Excellent. so cool. Yeah, this is the kind of shit that we need to be doing more of. We need to be getting creative. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I've been talking with Rachel Bittekoffer a lot about lately right. is we have messaging. all yeah, we yeah. messaging, and it's all about the fact that we have all the creative people. We right. have all of the Hollywood writers and so on, comedy writers, what have you. And we need to be using those people. We need to be availing ourselves of their talents to form some of these messages because that's the way I think you connect with people. Mm -hmm. I, in my experience, I think the Democratic Party tends to be too safe with their messaging. Oh, about everything. Yeah, yeah. And I think part of the problem is the Democratic Party is filled with 82 million chefs all in the kitchen at the same time. <laughs> so that tends to gum up the works. It tends to seize up the cogs of the Democratic messaging machine. And so the more we can break through that, I think the better off we're going to be. Use some creative things. You know, One of the reasons why the Republicans were able to pass this uh, abortion ban in Texas is because they were thinking creatively. How do we get around this Supreme Court precedent? How do we get We're around the constitutionality that. of They're this? Right. That, this is how they rule by minority. This is why yeah. this nation is living under minority rule. It's absurd. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's Alice in Wonderland. Make mm -hmm. it stop. Yes. So get creative with this. And even if it seems nutty on the surface, give it a shot. See if it sticks to the wall. If it doesn't stick to the wall, move on to the next thing. Every single fucking trap law that the Republicans have passed regarding abortion, restricting abortion access, 
That's what I'm talking about. These crazy trap laws. Okay, yeah, you got to have a hospital within five miles of the clinic, or the clinic has to be within five miles of a hospital, right. or whatever it is. Right. That's the kind of nutty shit that we ought to be doing on guns, on the climate crisis, yes. on everything in between. And we're just not. We're playing it too safe. We're playing it too normal. They are brazen. We are not. It's yeah. time to get brazen. Right. And so here we have a great example of some creativity in messaging that I think. I think this works. I think this, you know, certainly generates energy, certainly generates uh, exactly what needs to happen when it comes to the red hats. So you're pointing and laughing as we move past them. That's what this does. It's a lot of pointing and laughing, and I approve. Here we go. Yes. Now, more than ever, it's important for Americans to take care of their health. When it comes to protecting yourself against the COVID-19 virus, the FDA-approved vaccine might not be the right choice for patients who are allergic to reality. That's why there's ivermectin, the COVID-19 treatment option for real patriots. With ivermectin, you can say nay to the FDA and take matters hey, wait into a minute. your own. Hey, see, <laughs> people are picking up on it. It's not just it's not just Rachel. We Buzz. love the horse jokes. We love Buzz's horse jokes. That's it. Exactly. Don't take ivermectin if you plan on driving operating heavy machinery, or if you're wearing your good pants. <laughs> Side effects of ivermectin can include uncontrollable vomiting and diarrhea, the inability to pronounce Kamala Harris's name, or wow. a sudden urge to speak to the manager. Some patients taking ivermectin have reported hallucinations of lizard people in the halls of Congress. True. And in rare cases, finding Joe Rogan's podcast helpful and or informative. <laughs> Call your doctor if you begin to experience delusions of grandeur about the supremacy of your race. Homicidal thoughts or actions toward your elected representatives can occur without warning. Join the herd. Talk to your large animal veterinarian about ivermectin today. Mm -hmm. Or don't, because you're not a f***ing sheep. <laughs> yeah, okay, say what you will about great. the Lincoln Project, but that was yeah. great. That was Good fucking job. awesome. That is exactly what we need. Exactly. You know, I think uh, Connor Friedersdorf wrote a piece uh, yesterday, I believe, in which he was saying, you know what, we shouldn't be laughing at the Ivermectin people. We should do, because it's only making them more radical. Yeah. But that's the only thing that we can do. The only thing that we can do is to walk right past them, point and laugh and move on. Because I don't know what else. What's the other option? Just let them go and do it and just ignore them? I don't I don't buy yeah. the ignore it, them idea. It, it can cause blindness. Ivermectin can cause blindness yeah. in humans. It can cause, uh, you know, infertility problems, uh, yeah. sexual performance problems. Uh, there are a lot of side effects. Uh, and when it comes to those who refuse to get vaccinated or refuse to wear masks or insist on taking horse dewormer, yeah. um, a lot of them are just dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's hard to be real upset about that. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I know we should be. I know it's sad. I feel badly for their loved ones, I guess, yeah. uh, unless, unless they see the light. You know, I, I don't know what to do. I think oh, you're right. Joking about it is all we can do yeah. because we can't stop them. Certainly not, even though they are infecting the people around them. When we wish death on people, you know, we've uh, obviously seen... Several talk radio hosts who were, you know, anti-vaxxers who were denying the existence of COVID in some cases, succumbing to it, dying because of it. And what's holding me back from going, yay, they're dead now, is the fact that, well, you know what? Look, 
they may have gotten their ironical comeuppance. Right. But they're at the same time, they're infecting the people around them. And there's nothing funny about that. Both men- mentally yeah. and uh, physiologically. In, yeah. in other words, yeah. in- infecting minds before they go. Uh, right, as well right. as infecting bodies. So, as you know, uh, you, in fact, you mentioned it in your monologue, uh, Joe Rogan has mm-hmm. COVID and is right. taking everything for it. And, you know, look, when you're a multimillionaire, when you have a $16 million home, you can afford to get the best health care and you can afford to have everything, as he said, everything in the kitchen sink thrown at your illness. So he's taking prednisone. He's taking ivermectin. He's taking all, everything that's available, right. monoclonal antibodies, right. although you don't, you're treated with them. You don't take right. them yourself. You have to go to the it, hospital to get that. But yeah. It makes me wish Phil Hartman was still alive. <laughs> Because I, I, I'll bet, I'll bet he could handle Joe Rogan pretty well. Oh at yeah, this point. holy shit! Uh, the right. scary thing, the scary thing is Joe Rogan, as I've said before, has 11 million listeners on Spotify, yep. and a lot of people are starting to think, well, you know, screw Spotify mm. for for carrying that show, which carries disinformation to yep. 11 million people. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure he has COVID. I don't know that we know that for a fact. We do not know for a fact that he's taking all those things he says he's taking. Right. Uh, you know, remember, he's a performer and he has a political agenda and he's, there's a, a fair chance he's lying. Mm-hmm. I, I came across an interesting story. I, I keep finding stories about the 1918 flu pandemic. Uh, Vicks VapoRub was introduced as a product in 1905, and it was sold as a pneumonia salve. Okay, well, it makes a certain amount of sense. Yeah. And it was a very popular, became very popular, especially during and as the approach of the 1918 uh, Spanish flu pandemic, uh, as they called it at the time. And uh, people started eating it. Vicks VapoRub was oh the God. ivermectin of 1918. <laughs> The same Jesus. kind of people who ate Vicks VapoRub are now eating horse paste. And, you know, not to be outdone, and, and we're going to get into, we're going to revisit the horse paste aspect of this, the ivermectin uh, aspect of this, right, as we right. play this audio. Not to be outdone, Alex yes. Jones now claims to have COVID. And I don't know if it's the second time he's had it. It very well Gosh. could be. I think I saw I, something along those lines. I hope it doesn't affect his voice. <laughs> I know. Holy shit. He's got all the throat polyps. That's for sure. Um, Alex Jones Sorry. says he has COVID and he's taking ivermectin and prednisone for it. In fact, the other day on his show, he took both or at least appeared to take both. Right. Some people have really looked at it like the Zapruder film and picked it apart. You know? I've got, I got the paper right here. I got, Bob. I got the documents right here, Buzz. I, I got to tell you, I, I've taken it and it works. It works. God damn it. It works. And he's, it gets all, he gets all angry. I'm not going to do the voice yet because there's a lot of Alex Jones here. This is Alex Jones. We have the real thing. Yeah, Yeah, I've got the real thing here. And this is where he claims to be taking the ivermectin and uh, also at the same time spreading all kinds of disinformation. Make no mistake, these people are not just spreading the virus. They're spreading disinformation about the virus. This is their commodity. This is what they're selling. They're selling propaganda to suckers and here's how it's done. Overhead shot, please. You know what this is? Yeah. This is ivermectin for humans that won a Nobel Prize as an antiviral. No, wait, okay, hang on a second. That is completely wrong. Let's talk about ivermectin and the Nobel Prize. Right. There was a Nobel Prize, yes, given to the people who studied the, I think it's the active ingredient in ivermectin. 
as something to treat ringworm in humans. Uh-huh. Not it's a virus. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, sorry, it's for it's for that. There was a Nobel Prize for its use as an anti-parasitic. For exactly. nothing has to do anything with do with it being an antiviral. No, and, and and Rogan says he's taking a Z-Pak, a zithromycin. Uh, yeah. That's a that's an antibiotic for uh you know for bacteria. something other than a, for bacteria, not yeah. for a virus. Right. So they're taking things for fungus. They're taking things for parasites. They're taking things for uh, bacteria. Yeah. Uh, none of these things do anything to address the virus. Right now, here's the problem. Here's where the ivermectin controversy really takes root. He's taking, Alex Jones and presumably Joe Rogan are taking the human dosage, the prescription dosage for humans of ivermectin. Obviously, this is a drug to treat ringworm. Right. The problem is that as they say, as they're telling their audience that they're taking ivermectin, their Mm -hmm. audience not being able to afford the same kind of health care that Alex right. Jones and Joe Rogan get, their audiences are taking the horse paste version of ivermectin. They're going As, to their pet supply store and they're buying it from the vet or from the whatever, wherever you get ivermectin for your goddamn horse. That's what they're taking. They're not taking the human version, and that's why this is so fucking dangerous. To these gullible suckers who listen to these shows. So there. As as Andy Griffith used to say in the commercials, everything tastes better when it sits on a Ritz. <laughs> <laughs> so I recommend Ritz crackers to spread your horse paste on. <laughs> Here's more Alex Jones. Jesus. This is inhalable, or these are the tablet steroids. So let me show you. I was gonna do this anyways earlier. See this? See this, Fauci? You see this, Bill Gates? I'm going to kill those prions, you bastard murderers. going to hit him with a bioweapon, you monster. Okay, yeah, so so Alex Jones thinks that uh, Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates are deliberately infecting people right. with the China virus or whatever the fuck it is. So that's what that's all about. Suppress me? You want to kill me, you son of a bitch? You goddamn demon? You think I'm easy to kill? Oh, and that's, that's the other feature of the Alex Jones show. He's always got this fire and brimstone religiosity right. that he throws right. in there too about right. devils and demons and Satan. Uh-huh. It's not uh-huh. just you people are wrong. You, you got you're so wrong. Anthony Fauci is trying to infect us with this China virus. You're not going to kill me. And then he gets into this weird right devilry aspect. Say of hallelujah. It. Yeah, <laughs> goblins are coming after me next. No, Hallelujah. Alex, no, Amen. there are no such thing as goblins, sorry. Yeah, there there are Trump voters and, and Alex Jones listeners and viewers who believe that uh, it's the vaccine that's making people sick and filling up hospitals. <laughs> that's right. That's what we're dealing with. Yeah. Think I'm going to roll over to your crap? No. And Joe Rogan kicked your murdering ass, too. You'd love to bury him, too, you little monster maggot. He's in this National Geographic piece about... Oh, I don't usually deal with my enemies right away. I get them later. Yeah, you creep up on with a poison injection, dressed up in a lab coat, you little Joseph Mingala, Nuremberg code violating monster. You damn monster. <laughs> See our little cancer proteins like that. Nobel Prize winning for humans. 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 What, 2005? As an anti-parasitic, you idiot. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. And there are people going, yeah, I guess that's true, because Mm -hmm. I heard it on the radio. Yeah. Oh my God. This is why, I mean, with this sort of disinformation, this out of control, yeah. this is why we have to not just win, but crush. Yes. I, I, I want to keep, I'm going to keep pounding that point. 
Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is, and this is in a big picture kind of sense, is that Alex Jones is not reserved to the Alex Jones show. For right. four years in this country, we had the Alex Jones president. Yeah. Who, who believed, I mean, maybe not literally, because I don't think Donald Trump believes in anything except Donald Trump. But right. Donald Trump mimicked so much of the Alex Jones, Glenn Beck, uh, sort of fringe conspiracy theory vibe. He knew what would, the one thing Trump could do is he knew what would play well with that base. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and others try to emulate it. Uh, Abbott does it to some extent. Uh, DeSantis is, you know, a scary copycat mm -hmm. of, of Trump. Uh, but yeah, that's the one thing Trump could do was play to that base. And so he would always, he was always feeling the room when he did a lot of his, uh, rallies, he would uh, try things out to see what the audience reaction was and then decide whether to go forward with it. It yeah. started with locker up and he found out, well, these rallies are a good place to gauge how things are going to play and what yeah. I should repeat, what lie I should repeat. Yes, yes. And also, this yelling thing that he does. <laughs> and, he's, and he's doing it right now. He's doing the, no, it's but I'm tired winning for humans. Yeah, that kind of shit. That's a well-worn manipulation technique. That's yeah. something that people, scam artists, have been doing for millennia. <laughs> Using right. this tone of voice to get people hyped up. He's really angry about this. I guess I should be, too. It's got to be an act. But I don't know yeah, how you oh, keep up an act is. like that for an hour. I couldn't do it. I could keep it up for 30 seconds maybe. You, know? <laughs> you just need the right stimulants, Buzz. You just you need it's to have access pill. to Alex Jones-level drugs. I mean, whether it's provigil, some other cognitive enhancer, whether Ivermectin, it's straight-up yeah. meth. I mean, <laughs> you hear this, and it's the same delivery style, although not the same voice, that you get with guys like Ben Shapiro and Dan Bongino. They right. have the same kind of delivery where it's like outrage and then big pregnant pause <laughs> for drama, right? Big right. dramatic pregnant pause and then more and then pregnant pause. And that's uh, the Alex Jones style. You hear that with right. Ben Shapiro. It's remarkable. And it's all a consequence of the performance enhancing drugs, literally in this case, in order to make it through three hours at this fever pitch. I, here's where I am. No more debating. No more discussing. Yeah. Crush them. That's exactly right. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put it, <laughs> you through any more of the Alex Jones clip. You can see it on Twitter. I just needed to make a uh, really important point. All right. About this. <laughs> oh yes. Do you? Uh, we could do dueling Alex Jones. No. I think. No. No. I'm not. I like I said. I, I still don't have it in me. I don't know how he does it. You're, you're nothing but a goblin, Buzz Burbank. I, I swear to God. <laughs> Oh I'm going to leave that to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, more show coming right up uh, after these words. Yeah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Bob Seska!
Oh, yeah. Another classic here. Brand new music from The Bitter Elegance. Song called uh, It's Our Time, as you can hear right here. And uh, the name of the new album, I love the name of the new album. As if torn from today's headlines. Yes. Scream Inside Your Heart is the name of the new. Wow. <laughs> the new Bitter Elegance album. TheBitterElegance.com, link in the description, etc. Go get it now. Run, don't walk, buy it. Support so all of our indie bands, yeah. You're only playing the good songs today. Yeah, that's right. Well, I, you know, I try to wheel out some good music for you, Buzz. You know, Bob Seska plays the best music. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Thank you very much, right? Bob Seska! Exactly. Yeah. I play the best music. Um, okay, so let's see what else here. You know, we were kind of talking uh, before the show, and you said that uh, you, you had this premonition that I had a shitty weekend. I did. And, and one of the things that made my weekend shitty... Uh-huh. was here I am in partial isolation. You're in full isolation right, now. Right, right, right. Uh, not being able to do what I fucking want to do because I'm a responsible grown-up. <laughs> I swear to God, that's what I keep. keeps running through my head. As soon as I'm like, uh, shit, I, yeah, I want to go to the gym. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm a responsible grown-up. I, I can't. I, I want to be responsible. I want to do the right thing. I don't want to get COVID. I don't want to give my loved ones and friends COVID. So I'm doing the right thing. But then I get so resentful. And so angry and so frustrated when I see these videos of these college football stadiums and these soccer stadiums loaded with people. I know. Me too. Infecting each other and making things worse for the entire country, if not the entire world. Hey, we had what I think uh, TSA screened something like 5.3 million people uh, yeah. traveling by air uh, over this holiday weekend. Uh, you saw all these stadiums packed. Mm-hmm. I, I'll say a couple of things in defense of some of the universities did require the attendees to be fully vaxxed. Yes. I don't know if that makes a crowd, even outdoors, uh, that closely packed. I don't know if that's still safe or not. I'm, I just don't know. But I, uh, the New York Times dropped a, a story this morning uh, featuring a study that indicates that if you are vaccinated, if you're fully vaxxed, uh, there's only a 1 in 5,000 chance that you will even pick up the virus. Interesting. That even, even though we – and see, the, this is one of the difficulties of it because people keep criticizing uh, Biden and the CDC for changing their advice. Well, no, they, what you have to understand is they, they weren't wrong. Uh, the information is evolving. It is still correct that vaccinated people carry the same viral load in their nostrils yeah. uh, once exposed to COVID-19 as people who have not been vaccinated. The, the difference is it turns out now we've had enough time has passed. We know that we don't tend to spread it. The vaccinated don't tend to spread it to other yeah. people and that we have – uh, on average in the U.S., a 1 in 5,000 chance, if we're fully vaccinated, of picking up the disease. If you live in a safer place, and I didn't, I don't know if D.C. is on the list where you are, but certainly places like Chicago and a lot of other uh, sort of blue areas of the country, uh, are uh, the, the chances are 1 in 10,000. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in places like Florida or Texas, it's going to be, your odds are going to be a little worse, a little worse than 1 in 5,000, but still extremely low another thing to consider uh case numbers are down i i I am fully aware that hospitals are overloaded that the deaths are up my god we've gone from nearly zero deaths a day in florida two three months ago to uh 400 or so deaths a day now 
Uh, some places in parts of the country, as you know, are more heavily concentrated with infection than others, Texas and Florida being among them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so your odds not as good there, but still one in several thousand. Uh, so I, I thought it, if it's if it holds up, it appears that those of us who are vaccinated are much safer than we realize. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think um, there's something to be said about that. One of my concerns has always been the societal impression concern, or as I've been calling it, monkey see, monkey do. (laughs) Because as those of us who have been responsible, as we reintegrate ourselves back into outdoor society, whether it's going to the mall or going to the gym or whatever the fuck you're doing, that's fine to an extent. One of the problems, though, is that unvaccinated people or people who are maybe half vaxxed or right, refusing right. to wear a mask or whatever it happens to be. Right, right. Those people see the responsible people mm-hmm. and go, well, I'm going to do that, too. That was right, one of the problems right. with the CDC lifting the mask mandate uh, back during the vaccine period of time mm-hmm. and say, oh, no, we don't need to do the mask mandate anymore. Well, that created a monkey see, monkey do thing, a fear of missing out, right? The FOMO aspect of all of this. And even the careful among us dropped wearing yeah. masks for several weeks when we thought it was all over. Yeah. Uh, but, but what was happening at that time was the Delta variant was yeah. spreading. And so on social media, people see video of giant crowds at football stadiums and go, right. oh, oh, I guess, it's, I guess okay. it's okay again. We're yeah, open no again. Yeah. We're going. I'm, I'm going to go to the game. Bye. I'm going to go to the right. game next weekend, too. And for example, Texas A and M. That was one of the big videos that we saw this week, where right. all people were like dancing arm in arm, right in mm-hmm. each other's faces, and right, just, no masks anywhere. Yeah, big. Go- I mean, oh my God, the fury that I experienced watching this day because it shoulder just, to shoulder in a packed stadium. Yeah, ignoramuses with big shit eating grins infecting each other, and at <laughs> Texas A and M Stadium, I think it's uh, I, I forget the name of the stadium itself, but. There was no vaccine requirement, no negative Uh, test requirement, nothing. There was no requirement for masks at that stadium. Obviously, those of us who saw the video. And then on top of that, I looked up the active cases self-reported of COVID-19 among Texas A&M University faculty, staff, and students as of September 4th, which is the latest statistic. Right. 1,226 cases of COVID at Texas A&M alone. And that's the pretext for this fucking football. No, it wasn't a football game at Texas A&M. I think it was a soccer game. And those of us who are watching Ted Lasso want to call it football. But to (laughs) save confusion, it's soccer. (laughs) And so uh, that's the setup for this giant crowd of people at Texas A&M. Another one was going around today of uh, a crowd at Kinnick Stadium in Iowa for another, uh, I think it was a college football game. Go Hawkeyes. Big crowds, no masking. And, of course, there's no masking because there was no mask mandate for the university. So this is, uh, again, we're seeing video of places that aren't engaging in the proper precautions. Right. And giant crowds of people. I mean, Even, ten. We're talking about eighty thousand people. That's the capacity of the Texas A and M stadium. Yeah, 
They had the, the what was it, Lollapalooza they had in Chicago, the big yeah. music event recently, and uh, the vaccines were required yes. for admission to that yes. event. And the number of infections following that event were very low. But you're right, the optics of that give everybody the impression, oh, it must be okay mm-hmm. uh, to get out there again. Uh, I didn't get to my third point, and that's my fault. Oh, sorry but, about that. But No, 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 it's, it's completely my fault. Uh, but but there were three points I wanted to make that uh, of optimism. Mm-hmm. One, uh, one in 5,000 chance, apparently. Of, of the vaccinated even picking up the disease to transmit to other people or to have any kind of long-term effect. Uh, case numbers right now, despite the deaths and the hospitalizations being ridiculously high, uh, the case numbers are down. And that brings me to my third point, which is it has also been observed that infections like this, like the initial COVID infection, the alpha variant, and now mm-hmm. the delta variant, uh, with each of these, and, and we've seen this in Europe as well, it seems to die out after two months, hmm. despite our behavior. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Health officials are very, very worried right now about the effects of these 5.3 million air travelers and these packed stadiums where vaccines were not required. Uh, and I understand Dr. Fauci had something to say about that as well. Yeah, yeah. Fauci was commenting on the football stadiums and saying, right. uh, what did he say? I don't think it's smart, Fauci said, of college football crowds. Outdoors is always better than indoors, but even when you have such a congregate setting of people close together, you Mm -hmm. should be vaccinated. And when you do have congregate settings, particularly indoors, you should be wearing a mask. And he doesn't designate just vaccinated people or unvaccinated people. Everyone wears a mask indoors at this point. Uh, He also said we could be stuck in outbreak mode, and that's why I think what you're going to be seeing a lot more local mandates. Yeah, it's expected between the kids going back to school, and again, yeah. most of them getting infected by adults. Yeah, between the kids going back to school and these college football games and everybody traveling, yeah, I think we're probably in for another spike. It it could likely get worse again before it gets better. Yeah, I have some optimism though that since case numbers, at least for now, are down. Uh, these things seem to run in two-month arcs, and we now know the vaccinated among us uh, uh, have a much narrower chance, yeah. much, much, much narrower chance of becoming infected or being carriers of the disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's some reason for optimism there. I, I think it's too soon to make plans for Thanksgiving or Christmas, <laughs> yeah. but... But but I'm thinking after the first of the year, maybe. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and it's worth pointing out that the 1918 pandemic lasted about two years. So yeah. I think maybe, hopefully, once we get past the two-year mark, if we can all hold up that long, uh, maybe things will get better. I, I'm just saying I think there's still some visible light at the end of the tunnel. And we're still getting conflicting uh, reports from epidemiologists about this, too. Or on one hand, you've got people like uh, Anthony Fauci are saying are deeply concerned about us being stuck in outbreak mode, which is right. just, to me, is the worst case scenario. Constantly right. in an outbreak mode. Holy one place fuck. or another. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most of you know my opinion when it comes to permanent outbreak mode and, and what's going to happen as a consequence yeah. of that. But at the same time, some epidemiologists are suggesting that we're going to reach an inflection point in October where the case numbers are going to go significantly down uh-huh. as the vaccination numbers continue to rise. Yes, now, and they do, and they have. We, we've really vaccinated a lot of, since yeah. since we saw, since we've seen how 
damaging the Delta variant is mm -hmm. and how contagious it is. Now that America has seen that, a lot of people who were on the fence uh, went out and got vaccinated. And I'm talking about yeah. millions of people who hadn't bothered to get vaccinated before, even though you and I had been. Mm -hmm. uh, they finally have gotten out to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I, I'm trying to maintain a positive point of view on this, but my worry is that as uh, there continues to be unvaccinated people doing stupid shit, mm. there are going to be significantly greater and greater variants that may render those of us who are vaccinated uh, just as susceptible to the virus as unvaccinated people. If there's a, right. uh, if there's a version of COVID that is strong enough could blast right through whatever vaccination that we have. That's why the majority of yeah. Americans need to take control of this government and That's the right. society. That's it's right. time for the grown-ups to run things. Oh, you, you know, I know how many people like myself, like you, are frustrated beyond belief uh, oh, to God. the people yeah. who aren't playing right uh, and, and they're causing us to lock ourselves down again mm -hmm. while they go out and continue to screw everything up. It's time for us to take control. Yeah. It's time for us to take drastic action as citizens, as lawmakers, as lawyers. It's time to get brutal with the Republican Party. Yeah. We we have to crush this madness. We yeah. have to crush it. Well, the economy is not going to be able to survive without some sort of broader set of vaccine mandates. And I think that's going to trigger those mandates. I think the fact that it's going to continue to negatively impact the economy, I think that's going to motivate the powers that be to say, okay, look, we, we got to bite the bullet. We can do this temporarily and, uh, and then lift it when everything is fine again. But this is what's got to happen. Yeah. And you know why it's got to happen? Know. Because people are refuse to do the right thing on their own. Yeah. And, you know, I don't even know for sure yet. Uh, and, you know, you could straighten me out on this if, if you think I need it. Uh, I don't even know for sure yet if government mandated vaccines yeah. are necessary. If employers and companies and venues and mm -hmm. restaurants start requiring it and mandating yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, again, unfortunately, that leaves uh, that leaves the job in the hands of uh waiters and retail workers i have a friend who works retail in a in a vital business um and she had a customer come in this past week uh and her pool chemistry was a mess and mm -hmm. uh my friend was explaining to the customer well we've had a lot of weather lately you know we've had and there's been a lot of copper in the rain most recently and that's bad for pools and phosphates and those kinds of things and uh she said well the customer said to my friend who works in retail Oh, well, you know, the Russians are controlling the weather. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. And she was serious about that and went on at great length about how they're seeding the clouds, how they're making the hurricanes stronger to destroy the oil fields of Louisiana. Now, now Buzz, uh, did, did your yeah. friend see any small airplanes or helicopters moving the weather systems around? Did they see that? <laughs> yeah, my retail friend just kept ignoring her and changing the subject, but this woman went on and on and on and on. We have to crush this, whether it's the pandemic yeah, or climate yeah. change or the weather or whatever. Uh, yeah. We have to crush this. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's got to be at the business level, and I think we're going to see more and more businesses adopting mandates along these lines. Because I can tell you this. I mean, I don't have any information along these lines specifically, but I think the last thing Joe Biden wants to do is a national lockdown or a national vaccine mandate. 
it yeah, would just right. be, I mean, can you imagine the That's a heads exploding? Yeah, the, yeah, the exploding yeah. heads on Fox News Channel, AM Talk Radio. But it's a little different to see venues and companies doing it, and maybe that's what we need. That's also true. So we'll see. I mean, I think uh, that's the only way it can really happen practically uh, from a safe political point of view is if more of these companies do it. But uh, although 76, uh, 76% of Republicans oppose a vaccine mandate in the workplace. Of course they do. Of course they do. So, you know, there's this political dynamic, and they, in order to save face, they're not taking the vaccine, and that's why you have the Ivermectin people. Show no, mer- show no mercy. Crush them. Yeah. If you take anything away from today's show, stop letting those bullies push us around. We are the majority. That's right. Use that uh, frustration that you're experiencing, like me watching those videos of those football stadiums and so on. Use that for positive change if we can. If we can figure out a way to do it, we got to do it. We have no choice here. We, we endorse all methods. Just please don't start a podcast. That's the only thing we ask. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yes, join the other 10 million podcasters, please. <laughs> um, okay, so coming up on the other podcast that we do called the Postmortem Show that occurs. Or, r- what's that? Also known as the Shadow Docket. <laughs> Shit, I should change the name. That's a great name. It's <laughs> a great name. I, I went with the Latin name because yes. I'm a nerd. Uh, but yeah, coming up on the Postmortem Show on our Patreon page, bobseskashow.com. Sign up for $5 a month. Gets you two Postmortem Shows a month. Or two, yeah, two, two, two Postmortem Shows a week. Not wow. a month, it's per week. Yeah, one after the Tuesday show, one after the Thursday show. As soon as this music is, is done playing, we keep on talking. That's called the Postmortem Show. We're going to be talking about uh, some more Republican cancel culture coming up. The best news of the week. Those of you, those of you who listen to the after party know exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to the best news of the week. I'm just teasing it that way. The photos, the photos are awesome. That's coming up on the Postmortem Show. Plus, Richard Spencer is totally fucked. We're going to revel in some uh, schadenfreude, or as, uh, as Malcolm Nance calls it, schadenfreudelicious. That's all coming up next. Uh, stay with us over on the Patreon page. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye.